Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Smithy, great to have you on board in Melbourne. Uh, Jared, uh, really thrilled to talk to you as again uh, any day of the week, actually, but uh, today in particular, yes, so much drama yesterday at the Basin Reserve, and you wondered how it was uh, it was going to turn out. Really, it just seemed to change uh, every thirty or forty seconds, uh, and the the last uh, drama, of course, belonged and the success bowl to uh, belong to New Zealand. But uh, one of the great features of a Test match, which was really well supported too. Uh, Basin Reserve was sold out the first three days. Uh, there were great atmosphere on uh, days four and five. Uh, and a test match that uh, featured some old, good old-fashioned cricket, like, yeah, follow-ons, yes. for goodness sake. And, and I, I must admit, I, I looked at reaction to of Brennan McCullum and the England players. Sure, there's disappointment when you lose a game like that. But at the end of the day, there were more smiles, I think, than frowns and despair. And uh, just embracing the fact that they'd played a great game of cricket didn't quite win this one, but it's not going to stop them next time. What a great way to play cricket. What's the outpouring been like this morning, Smithy? How significant a moment is it to win a test match like that in New Zealand? Well, you know, often you, you get knee-jerk reactions, uh, don't you, Jared, to great sporting moments. And then, you know, a week or so later, you sit back and say, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, but I remember another one a little bit further on. It's been blanket coverage this morning in this country. Uh, television and radio, the reaction to it, because... Uh, this is a New Zealand side which hasn't been playing that well. In fact, where people begin to think that, you know, from being a Test match champion team where we're holding the title uh, to being second last on the table is a hell of a drop-off in a short space of time. Uh, so um, I think it was more a recognition there is some fight in this old dog. There are some uh, old players who delivered yesterday, Southie and Wagner in particular, who uh, just won't say no. Uh, and uh, we're, there's also, I think, a recognition, though, that uh, it could have gone the other way. We could have been staring down the barrel of yet another series loss um, and the, the fine line in it. Just the rub of the green, our time this time. Um, but I, I think there's also a, a, a sort of a guarded realisation that uh, we have some serious work to do to turn this around long term. You've seen so much cricket, um, Smithy, both as a, a player and a commentator throughout the years. How great is it when... So it felt like the possibility from the very start of day five was this, that it would take us all the way. And it went through the phase of going, England are no chance here. England are going to get this. Where's the next run coming from? Are they going to get there? How great is it when it does conspire and take us right to the end like that? Oh, it's nothing better. There's nothing better because if you, if you live a test match, if you love test cricket, you live it from the toss. You live it from ball one. And you live it through the boring patches because you just know there are going to be some. Uh, but you, you you wait for those exciting moments. And that's why I think this one will go down and as one of the greats. I think only the fourth time in Test history that a side has enforced the follow-on and lost. Uh, that means that England now join Australia, who have done it three times by my reckoning, Jared. Um, but the, <laughs> what, it, what it does, um, it just shows you that uh, it can still surprise you, Test cricket. You know, it, it's, it's far from done and dusted. It's far from the art of uh, the form of the game that has to go missing because it's too time-consuming. It is too costly. You know, people don't want it. I tell you, uh, people want it when it's like that. Yeah. And uh, you've, got to, you've got to take your hat off to England 
um, for starting to initiate the rejuvenation of that interest. And that now, of course, the, the crescendo of that is the ashes. Um, and uh, on the back of, you know, when I was working with you in Australia, on the back of the fact that things were pretty hunky-dory in Australia, you had a side playing well, dominating the West Indies, dominating South Africa, everyone was available and fit and rearing to go, you had a couple of injuries, injuries that you thought you'd get over, and all of a sudden, uh, from this perspective over here, it looks like there's a bit of a schmozzle around a team, uh, two, two test matches down the track. This Ashes series, I'm going to tell you, if you're interested in New Zealand versus uh, England, in Australia yesterday, man, you want to hear the level of interest we've got coming up from sitting in New Zealand watching this Ashes coming up. It feels like the England Test cricket team is the best ticket in sport right now. So how has a sport ever owed more to an individual doctrine than Test cricket owes to Brendan McCullum right now and the revolution that, that he's incited? Well, I, I won't just say Test cricket either. Um, if you remember four or five, maybe six years ago when... Brendan was captain of the New Zealand cricket team, and uh, in fact, it was 2015. Uh, and uh, he took uh, New Zealand to the World Cup final, which we, uh, of course, everyone knows we lost you guys at the MCG. Uh, but what he was uh, lauded for there is uh, trying to transform 50-over cricket. In other words, he did not believe. His doctrine was this. Uh, look, uh, let's not waste a ball in, in this 50-over contest. Let's not waste it. So when I'm batting, or my team is batting, we're thinking 6-4, the bailout option is one or a dot. Yeah. Uh, when we're in the field, we're trying to get you out every single ball. I'm devising a plan. I just want to, don't want to hold the run rate. I don't mind, you know, don't want you to drift through it four or five runs and over to hell with that. I want to get you out. Uh, everyone thought, well, that's a bit brave. Then England adopted it um, under Owen Morgan, and we know what happened there. They became world champions for the first time in 2019. Brendan McCullum has got this great, uh, what's the French for, joie de vie or something, <laughs> this great attitude towards life. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a gambler. Um, you know, uh, everyone knows that. He's involved in the horse racing industry. That's a gamble full time. Uh, he's, a, he, he's uh, as a commentator, he got bored if the game drifted along. Um, he, he didn't like it that way. He just likes to appreciate every opportunity to make something happen. And he's doing that with Test cricket. And he's found a captain who uh, is of the same ilk. He could have found a boring old English captain who said, sorry, we don't play that way over here, son. We're changing your thoughts. You're not changing ours. But they've all bought into it. And, you know, the grumpy ones, the Andersons, the Broads, these guys are hanging in for longer because they're enjoying the ride. It's as simple as that, Jared. So I'm so curious, and it's obviously just played out across two tests. It's such a pity there's not a third test. But Mm. to, to have... McCullum against New Zealand and Stokes as well and the natural affection that's there for Baz is what's what, what's the I guess the the sentiment like around New Zealand toward watching this play out from your own guy with a different country well it's an interesting one actually um, I, I think um, I think by and large we're pretty proud of Baz uh, over here um, we haven't got the same quite the same affiliation with uh, with Ben Stokes because, of course, he never played for us. Yep. Uh, he was born here. His dad had a great legacy within rugby league. And, you know, we're proud of uh, Ben Stokes as a New Zealand-born uh, sporting personality. But Brendan is, is slightly different because he's been there, done it for us. He's worn his heart on his sleeve. Uh, you know, he's got a, a silver fern. If he hasn't got one, it's, uh, in my mind, it's tattooed on his chest. Yes. Uh, he, he is... He is, he probably has actually, he's got that many tattoos. <laughs> here's, here's the thing, I mean, he, he's one of us. And people know that in sport these days, your coaches come and go, 
they will change um, their allegiance um, in terms of who they're coaching at any one time. But you can't change what's in their heart and going through their veins. And he's New Zealand through and through. And I think New Zealanders appreciate that, even though even though he's making a mark somewhere else at the moment. And the international ripple of, of this game. So I read a lovely piece last night that noted had England not enforced the follow-on, they probably would have knocked up a total, won the Test match late on day four or early on day five, and it would have been entirely forgotten. And instead, it gives us one of the classics. Will it be a cautionary tale against the follow-on, do you think? I don't think so. You know why? Because uh, uh, Ben McCullen's the kind of guy who say, eh, got close, got <laughs> close. We're only within one shot, one piece of luck of uh, this turning out to be a good decision. Uh, to hell with it. It might work next time. He won't write it off. Don't you worry about that. Uh, hey, what he probably didn't uh, account for, and no one really could have, was the fact that New Zealand at the start of the second innings would put on 149. And when you've got a bowler with uh, 41-year-old legs coming up in July and Anderson and Broad approaching, what, 38, 39, uh, you can understand when they look at the scoreboard and think, hell, we haven't got anyone out. We could be out here for a day and a half, two days, if we're not careful. Uh, a lot of energy goes away from even the most experienced. But um, they'll weigh that up. But don't expect, uh, uh, during the Ashes, don't not expect that at some point Brendan McCullum might say, uh, you bet again. Yeah. Yeah, don't ever change. Don't ever change. And then a, a thriller like that has to have a moment of contention. So the penultimate ball, Rod Tucker kept his arms down. A, a bouncer down the leg side. And I think David Gowd tried his best to bite his tongue, but he ended up saying, I'm sorry, but I think that's a wide, which would have tied the scores. Oh, God. <laughs> you guys just can't stay out of it, can you? <laughs> good old Rod Tucker. I love him to death. He's a good bugger. Um, here's the thing. Um, how would you like to win a test or or have a test match on, on a, a contentious ruling or a marginal ruling? Yeah. Oh, God. I, I would imagine when uh, Rod Tucker and Chris Gaffney got back to the dressing room, the umpire's dressing room, they had a look at each other and thought, well, because they both have a say in that. Um, I, I just wonder whether they thought, oh, well, let's have a drink and get on with it. And I think that's what you've got to do with those marginal ones. Yes, it could have gone the other way, and we could have been talking about a tie. We could have been talking about an England win. But uh, that is the beauty of it, as we keep saying. It's a time-honoured saying amongst commentators, the beauty of Test cricket. Um, we shall always wonder if, and as long as we're wondering if, the game's alive, Jared. The game's alive. It is. What price a third test, Smithy? We, it's a promoter's dream to have a decider. Oh, I know. We got we've got all the almighty Sri Lanka coming in about eight <laughs> days' time. So we've got to honestly, we we got to. Oh, I'll be serious. We got to look at uh, things. We got out of this one. We won this one, but that is not the. I don't think the ideal side for us. We still haven't got a spinner. We still have not got a spinner. Our spinner on the fifth day of a test match went for seventy-three without challenging the opposition. Uh, we got a, we got areas we should learn from this. Let's hope uh, our selectors don't just sit back and say, that was great, fellas. Uh, do it again in eight days and we'll be very happy. I don't think it'll work that way. Uh, your phones would have been running hot today, Smithy, so I'm grateful yeah. for you jumping on with us at the end of your program. It's great to recount such a game with you. Yeah, Jared, uh, always a pleasure chatting up with you, mate. Uh, and on honestly, here's the thing. Um, it doesn't stop, does it? Because we're, uh, what, four or five hours away yeah. from uh, a big one starting in India, and uh, we'll be watching it very closely from here, I promise. Yes, it's white-knuckle stuff, I feel, in the in the hours leading up to this. Terrific, Smithy. Thank you. Ian Smith, who's just finished the morning program on SENZ, giving us the flavour of things after a one-run victory over England in a test match that won't soon be forgotten.